Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello and welcome to Ask the Fantasy Podcast, episode 40. I'm your host, Pete, and I'm joined this week by Tom and Gunnar, as usual. How are you doing, guys? Tom? I'm good, Peter. How are you? I'm fantastic. Thanks for asking. Good, how are you? Yeah, I'm doing very well, thank you. And we've got a special guest this week. If you've seen our Twitter page, we have got Heskibo underscore ASN, or at FPL Heskibo, who is going to tell us all about elite sharing, which is, if you guys didn't know, the Norwegian version of fantasy football. How are you doing, Heskibo? I'm doing really well. Thanks for having me on. No problem. We're looking forward to this because... We'll just cover it quickly. We think there'll be quite a lot of players who play the Scottish game who, when this season finishes, might be twiddling their thumbs. If they play FPL, that stopped as well. So this game does take us over the summer, I believe, didn't it? What's the end date of the Norwegian season? I'm, I'm not sure for this year because it was pushed back at the start. It's normally around November time that the season finishes. Right, so this is going to take you all the way through the summer. So if you're looking for something to do, keep your fantasy juices flowing. The Norwegian football one will keep you going from... Because this game finishes in four weeks, Tom, doesn't it? End, end of May, the week before, because the Scottish Cup. Yep. This will be over, so this kicks in at the start of May, 10th of May, I believe, is the kickoff. is that right? Is that 7th uh, of May, 10th of May? I think game one's the 8th of May. Um, that weekend, so that would keep us going all the way through until the season starts again. But before we get to all the good stuff within the region of fantasy football, we'll go through a couple of things with the Scottish game and ask if we'll get on with that first. So I'll start, then I'll hand over to Gura and Tom, and we'll go around the week in a circle. So... Yes, well, how did you find the first season playing it, and how did you get into it to start off with? Um, I, I've enjoyed the season. Um, I, I played it a little bit different to, to how I play FPL. Um, so at FPL, I'll study my moves. I'll be thinking about it quite a lot in the week, looking at stats and stuff. Uh, with the Scottish one, I've played it like I used to play FPL before I got that into it. So I'd open the app on the morning of the, of the games and, have a look at who I've got a problem with, make a quick transfer. And it's quite refreshing to play a game like that. Um, I first got into it at the start of the season. I, I do the Planet FPL Patreon thing, and a few of the lads in there were, were playing, and I put a link to it, said, this is going on, who wants in? And because there was some chat around it, I thought, well, I'll give that a go. Um, I haven't watched a lot of Scottish footy before that, so it was a learning experience um, figuring out who the key players were, but it's been good fun. Um, I've, I've enjoyed it. I feel feel like I enjoy Scottish football more now. It's something that I'm a bit invested into, which is a good thing. Good. One more question for everyone. So did you have a soft spot for any Scottish team or player going into this season? And if you didn't, do you have one now? Well, that's a good question. Um, 
my granddad was a Celtic fan, so uh, that's where my loyalties would be. Uh, but in a very kind of passive way, I've, I've never been to a game or or, or anything like that. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if there's anyone who's really jumped out at me this season as a. Uh, I've got more affection for them. Um, probably still would say Celtic are my Scottish team, and um, despite it not being a great season for them, um, yeah. Okay, Gunnar, you any questions to ask? Dave, for a half answer there, uh, already I was going to ask if you watched a lot of Scot Scottish football before, but have you started watching more Scottish games than now since you started playing? Um, not really. Um, and that's mainly because there's been so much English footy on TV. Like now they're showing every single game. I'm a little bit burned out on watching live footy. You know, they, um number of games that I'm watching per weekend has kind of dwindled over the season. Near the start, I was watching a lot of them. Now I'll probably watch one or two a weekend. Um, so I haven't found myself tuning into to anything else, Scottish football. I haven't watched any European football or championship or, or anything like that. I've been um, kind of wanting a bit of a break from the amount that's out there. Yeah, I totally get it. It's, it's similar for me. I start like I watch a lot of football, English and Scottish, when we first started uh, with the season, and like uh, dampened down a little bit. And then, um, so I'm basically started watching Scottish football now a little bit. What are your thoughts on the on the split in the league in the Scottish league? Yeah, I think that's one of the most interesting features of it. Um, I kind of get why it happens it, it gives the um the, the competitive uh, end to the season for the relegation places and european places and stuff like that it means that teams are playing their direct rivals and yeah uh, i, I kind of like that um and for fantasy i kind of like it as well because it it brings some very different questions to the table like players who uh you might have overlooked initially uh if they just kind of miss the cut for the top half and you now know they're playing all the all, like the worst teams. Suddenly they come into contention again. So, uh, yeah, I think it's a, a good thing and um, yeah, a, a nice little quirk of the league. Yeah, I agree. Like for, for me, usually only watching the English football and a bit of German football. It was new as well the season having having a league with the split. And I agree, like you say, it just makes it a little bit more interesting. Uh, like the running towards the end of the season. Sound you, Tom. Uh, I was going to ask, how did you find it compared to other fantasy games? And will you play it again next season? Um, yeah, I think the biggest difference for me was the not being able to roll a transfer. Like That really mm. threw me early on. Like Having to, to look at my team, I think I'm basically happy with it, but I want to force this through um, just because I've got to do something. And to restructure the squad, it's hard. Like if you've got, um, say you've got two Rangers defenders and uh, one midfielder you want to go to triple defense you can't just like roll the transfer and do it in one go you're either taking a hit or you go in a week with only two of them so i mean i i, I would like it to be that you can roll a transfer but then i don't want it to just blend into every other game it's nice that it's got its mm. own character um quite like the bench trick as well that's just a a, a little <laughs> unique thing about it as well which is good fun I hope, I hope. Uh, yeah, the other part. I, I, I will, will I play next season? Yeah, I'm, I'm planning on. I, I feel now I've learnt the league a bit. Now I'm invested in it. it. The barrier to entry isn't really there. So yeah, I'll definitely go again next season. Brilliant. Hey, no stuff. No, that's me. 
Good. Uh, plus next year you'll have a Hearts back in the league, so a lot more juicier ties. We're a team that normally does finish top six, normally. So <laughs> could give no. us no. They do. If they get, if they get kind of rolling properly, they could be another team that should be up there and maybe get more chance assets. But that's a big if, perhaps. Right. We'll move on then to the Norwegian fantasy football. Yes, Chris, will you come alive because we haven't got a clue here? <laughs> so, do you want to go through general tips and then we can hit you with questions? Just if we're all new to this game, so any would just say straight away, you're building a team. What teams to attack, mm-hmm. what teams to avoid. And what I did notice was, and I had to probably start with the best thing, I've seen that there's Black Week straight away. Yeah. Um, basically, the, the situation in Norway is they're a lot different to the British government on COVID stuff. Like, it seems like in Britain, they really want to make elite sport an exception and get it to happen pretty much no matter what. In Norway, that isn't the case. Like when stuff shuts down, sport shuts down. And they've done a regional thing. And so what it's meant is that some parts of Norway have only a week ago started being able to train and starting to have a pre-season. And so those clubs have kicked off a bit and said, well, it's not really fair, is it, that all these other clubs have been training for ages. They'll be all fit to go for the start of the season. And you want us to jump in. And the league agreed. So they've, uh, they've staggered the start of the season. And you've got the first two game weeks are going to be a blank for a bunch of the teams to give them that longer pre-season. And then those fixtures will be caught up later on in the season. Um, So you're left with eight teams who play in both game week one and game week two. So I think this probably helps for beginner players because you you can kind of bin off half the league and you only Mm. need to look at a few teams to put your team together from. And it also helps the the four teams that most people think will be challenging for the title, they all play in those first two weeks. So the teams you're after are Mulder, Budaglimt, Valerenga and Rosenborg. If you build a team mainly out of those players and then a scattering of the other teams that are in those first couple of weeks, you can't go wrong. You'll have solid players there. And a lot of them teams also have a double game week in, I think it's game week, Seven for some of them, or game week three for three for Rosenberg. Yep, I've seen that. Yeah, so um, yeah, if, if you're just building on those teams, that that should get you going, and then in time, you can pick up some from the teams that are blank. But no one who blanks is that important to have to start with. So, yeah, just as I say to that, I know it's Bran is our team in the double game week. Are they worth yeah. taking a point to start off with or avoid? Um. I would avoid it um, because in Brand's first five games, they play all four of the title contenders. Like their their double game week is horrible. It's two away games against Rosenborg and Mulder, um, and so I'm I'm just expecting that they will do nothing. Like if you get the defenders, you might be on minus points by the time the right, double. Still be tempted then, right? They'll scrub that out then. I, I, I wouldn't. I mean, you, you can maybe go with one, but. Um, I don't have any in my team at the moment, and I, I think it's unlikely that I will. Um, Vikings are worth a look. They, they've got a nice room to start with. Yeah, it's interesting, like people, uh, Peter saying, like, we know nothing about the league, and then he's firing on all there's gonna be blanks and doubles. And he knows, <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm using all the chat because it's in as Hespo's got a chat. I've added these two guys just this, this, this evening, so I noticed there was a I believe it's the same guy. Is it White 
Whitebeard, who does the chat manager data stuff as well. Is that right, Eskimo? Yep. Uh, yeah, I think Whitebeard plays definitely. Um, there's a few people who are doing like fixture tickers and stuff. I tweeted one from Statsloth, uh, who's a good oh, follower. It's, it's, I think it says it's up. Sorry, my, that's my mistake. But I just went through that and obviously straight away, like you said, it stands out a lot sore from the blank game weeks and who's playing the double game weeks. So the two obviously was Rosenberg and Brand straight away. I just I knew Rosenberg would be one of the better teams. I just wasn't too sure about Brand, but you've answered that question. Yeah. Avoid. Yeah, they're a mid, they're a mid table team, but just the fixtures are horrible not start. So good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Tom, any add any questions? I so obviously if we're keeping things current, obviously the English League has a traditional top six or perhaps not for much longer. Um, but the, the four teams that you mentioned there, um, are they the sort of t- traditional top four? And would you would you target those teams um, the entire season? Yeah, I, I wouldn't say they're the traditional top four. Um, Budig went to quite a new addition to it. They they won it last year. They were second the year before. But that year they were second. They were kind of an, an out-of-nowhere challenger. Um, but last year they were incredible. Like they won the league by a huge margin. I think it's got over 100 goals in 30 games. Um, really worst standout last season. Um, but the Norwegian league, probably even more so than the Scottish league, is, is a selling league. Like anyone who does vaguely well will be off. So a lot of that squad that was so good for them uh, has now moved on, uh, been disassembled a bit. And so it's, it's a question. Like The manager's great. He's got a good system. He already, before the end of the season, had brought some replacements in. But but will they do the same thing? I, I don't know if they will or not. Um, Rosenborg, uh, I think they're the biggest club in, in Norway, um, kind of a traditional powerhouse of the game. Molder, over the last 10 years or so, the most successful team. Um, it'd be a surprise if those two weren't up there. Um, Valerenga are, are a big club. They're a, an, an Oslo-based club, um, and they have spent well. They've bought some great players. Um, they remind me a lot of, of Chelsea at the start of this previous season. So um, they've brought in a lot of guys who are clearly quality, but there's still question marks of how will they all fit together? Will it gel? Will it work for them? Um, but if, if it does come off, they could be uh, a real tip to do well. So most people... I did a community predictions league um, where, where I just got everybody to put their predicted final league table. And we had 20 entrants to it. And 19 had those four teams in some order or other as the top four in their table. So the expectation would be there'd be a gulf under them lot before you get to the other teams. You know, Sam? Um, obviously, this season, if we. Keeping with the comparisons, West Ham are doing surprisingly well. Do you, have you got any dark horses? Are you, are you going to back this season? I, I've got a good feeling for Stabek, um, but that's my own hunch. That's not something that, like in the predicted tables that people were doing, not many were putting them up there, but I think they might be the best of the rest. They've got good young players at the, at the club, so keep an eye on them. But they're one of the teams that blank in the first two weeks, so... You can wait and see. Um, but yeah, they'd be my my little outsider. You good? Are you getting the ask? Uh, first thing I want to see uh, say is like Bode Glimt. The first mm-hmm. time I've heard of them was um like that that's one for the football manager heads here. <laughs> Tony Jameson, uh, he's done football manager uh, ruined my life, the stand-up <laughs> show. 
And I think he's done a Boulder Glimp uh, uh, football manager save uh, that you can watch on YouTube. I've I seen that. Uh, that's That was my first entry into Norwegian football, I think. Uh, and I was going to ask you, um, maybe in regards to how the scoring of the game is and uh, onto bonus points as well. So what I want to get to is uh, what is the best formation? Because like we see in a Scottish game, it's basically it's best you play five at the back because you get the most regular points from like from keeping clean sheets. So how, how is that in the Norwegian game? Um, it's very different in the Norwegian game. Clean sheets are not very reliable. Uh, the most any team got last season was 10 in, in mm. a 30-game season. Um, so like this year in Scotland, Rangers have just been such a, a almost a guarantee for a clean sheet like most weeks. It, it's not the case in Norway. So you don't get that many points from your defenders. You, you want to play three at the back, really. Um, right. You, Three five two or three four three, I don't think it makes much odds. Um, a, a lot of Norwegian teams play a, a four three three formation, um, kind of thing Liverpool style. Um, and so whether you want the number nines or whether you're picking sort of the wide forwards or the attacking mids, if you've got seven good attacking players in your team, that's that's the way to build it and get the points. Um, the way yeah, the bonus points work in the game it's, it's the same as fpl but they don't have an algorithm for it it's the eurosport commentator will just pick i thought these were the best three players um and this one gets three points this one gets two this one gets one um which most of the time they're pretty good with sometimes you get really left field ones and you wonder if it's just someone they've got in their own team or something mm. yes <laughs> um, but you do you do get um Certain players who are good on the eye will just pick it up all the time. So like your Rafinha type of player, whenever he plays, he catches the eye. And there'll be equivalents of that in, in Norway. So you will you can predict who's going to get bonus points a lot more easily. Right. So but that basically confirms then that like your, your fifth defender can basically just be a, a make weight to save money there and like put the funds into your attackers. Huh? Yeah, that, I, I would do that. I think there's a... A couple of good-looking six million defenders in the game, I, I'll probably buy them. But then the other three slots, I'll probably take a couple of four point five, so I can rotate and then write one of them off with just a, a four million right. uh, for the end of the bench. And then, uh, another thing, like how often are they playing in Norway? Is it just once a weekend? Just once a week they're playing, or is it like in like in uh, England where they play twice a week? It would typically be once a week. Um, what's happened this season, they, they delayed the start by a month. So they've got a bit of catch-up to do. And there's quite a lot of double game weeks for random teams. So there'll be plenty of weeks where it's a weekend midweek for somebody's schedule. But by and large, it's a, it's a once a week league. Right. Um, yeah. And, and then things like cup games or European games and stuff like that fills the gaps. See, that's the angle where I'm coming from because, see, if you, if you look at the English teams, for example, you go on, oh, Chelsea are playing in the Champions League. They might they might prioritize in front uh, of the league games to play. And how is it in Norway? Like, are, are they aware of probably, to be fair, their, their slim chances that they have in the European competitions? Would they rather prefer than the league games or would they rest the players for, for Champions League European games? How are they handling that? 
yeah, the European games are the priority. That, that's where the money is. Um, right. So this this last season, Molder got through to the knockout stages of the Europa League, which is the first time in 20 years that a Norwegian team's got through to a European knockout stage. But by doing that, they've had big games against... Um, they beat Hoffenheim. They lost to Granada. They had Arsenal in the group stage. And all of these are the money spinner games for them. Mm. So around the time of those games, we were finding that their best players were playing in Europe and they were playing a weakened side or they were taking the stars off after 60 minutes or so in, in the league games. Um, they were the only ones really who, who did it. Um, Budiglint, they lost in the qualifiers, the, the last qualifier of the Europa League. They lost 3-2 to AC Milan, which, um, which is some result to, to come so close to... Mm. Uh, to Milan, but they they just played their strongest team in both league okay. and, and Europe. Um, yeah, else good do you I think oh, that's me. Okay. Uh, yeah, um, I was going to ask. Um, obviously, Peter, there's surprises with uh, his knowledge of double game weeks, and when you play FPL, there's obviously you get the well, not this season, but typically you get the the doubles towards the end of the season, and everyone saves their chips till end and plays them, but. We're hearing that there's a lot of double gaming at the start. Is there a predictable way to play your chips? Is it at the start of the season? Or? Um, yeah, this season, I think it'll be the start. So what they've done they, with the Cup, they, they're going to play the later rounds of the Cup in the spring of next year. So they've taken the pressure off of having doubles caused by the Cup. Uh, so the, the only reasons for doubles and blanks are this kind of delayed start to the season. And then a few of the teams who are in Europe have had a game cleared just before it to let them properly prepare for it. But all of that's in the calendar, we can see. And uh, between game week one and 16, all the blanks and doubles play out. And then there's nothing that we're expecting after that. Um, now, there could be like a COVID cancellation or, uh, I mean, weather comes into play as well. Like some of the teams are up in the Arctic Circle. So you always get the odd one, but most of the carnage will be done in the first half of the season. Um, I did a, um, an episode yesterday on chip strategy, but I think the basic thing that you want to do is, because there's a double in game week seven, with a lot of the same teams who play in game weeks one and two, if you build a team with some of those players in, you use a chip in round seven, uh, which could be your attack attack chip, which is where all three of your strikers act as your captain for that week. And then game week 13 and 14, uh, back-to-back doubles for the other teams who won't have doubled in game week seven and won't have played in game weeks one and two. So between game week seven and game week 13, you want to completely change your team. So it's got the other players in it, um, which a wild card comes in pretty handy for. Um, You can do it by just manoeuvring your way with transfers, or you can drop the wild card in game week 12, 13, something like that get your team set for those back-to-back doubles. And then you'll get your second wild card by game week 16. So playing your second one could then set your team back to normal because the, the teams in game week okay. 13 and 14 who double are not great teams. It's like filling your team with a lot of mid-table and bottom-half players. So you probably want an escape route from that, which your second wild card might be. So, so that, that's the kind of strategy that I think is the... The easiest one to go on is a wild card in game week 12 or 13, another wild card in game week 16, 
and then probably an attack attack. Maybe, maybe Rich Uncle, if you prefer it, which is like an unlimited budget free hit, could be a good one for game week seven as another option. And then the, the other chip you've got is a two captains. And, and that works quite well just on a, a double game week where you've only got one or two teams doubling. You don't need it to be a big double mm-hmm. to use that. Um, so I, I had my own game at nine where um, Buda Glimpse have got a, a, a nice double with two home games. So I'll probably use that one then. And you're saying about Rich Uncle Chip, that's unlimited budget. I noticed there's a few sort of what we'd probably class as sort of premium assets, like yeah. sort of double digit figures for, for prices. How, how many sort of premiums should we be targeting? Yeah, that's a, a difficult question because for, for the start of the season, the teams that we're picking from tend to be the expensive teams. So it'll be harder to find the enablers to go with it. Um, I think in, in a normal season, we probably have three premium assets and then um, a couple of mid-priced ones and a few cheaper ones that emerge. Um, and if you had three from different ones of the big four, uh, so if you had like um, a Mulder player, a Budaglint player and a Valerenga player, for example, that covers your captaincy most weeks, depending on who's got the best fixture. So that definitely works. The, the other thing about this league, though, that it is, it's very unpredictable who the best players are going to be. Like both seasons that I've played it, you've had people come out of nowhere who cost 5 million, 6 million. They're in the reserves at the start of the season. And then by the end of the season, they're a regular starter getting goal and assist every week and you're captain in them. But the price doesn't end up that high because of how low it started. Um, so the the best assets by game week 10 probably won't be the guys who are thinking of as premiums now. It's just at the start of the season. Obviously, we've got no idea who the guys who emerge will be. So you go with the, the more tried and tested expensive ones. Nice. You know, you? I, was, I was going to ask that question there, Heskimo, about the, the budget and the premiums yourself. Uh, I think I heard you say on your own podcast about Come the end of the game, if you follow the template, that basically you you won't have to worry about money. You'll have that much money in the account because, just as you mentioned, to these guys coming through, they'll be that cheap. Whoever be having their team, so up a case of how does the price rises work, and template wise, how do you differentiate at the end then if everybody's on the same players? How does it work in this game specifically? Yeah, um, I mean the price rises is exactly the same as FPL. Well, the game was designed by the same people that made FPL. So most of the rules and mechanisms are exactly the same. How do you differentiate? That's a really hard question because <laughs> most of the time when people try and deviate from it, they end up just getting bitten and falling behind. Like it really, that, that's one of the bits at the end of the season where you, you look at everyone's team and there's, there's eight or nine players the same. Um, captaincy is a big one how you differentiate um, and you do get quite a lot of moments where you've got this template of players a lot of whom have had big price rises and then let's say someone gets injured for a couple of weeks that's a moment then to really decide what you're going to do are you going to hold them and hold the value in them but have a worse team or do you jump off them invest in someone else for a bit those kind of decisions are where people diverge a little bit and that's where, if you can play that well, and if you can play the chips well, um, and also 
the template does change as the season goes on. It's not that you just get your team set to a template team and leave it. It, it does evolve. And if you can just be one step ahead of everyone else, you'll probably end up in two game weeks time. They'll all have the same team as you. But if you get there first, you've got a couple of weeks of those extra new template players to yourself. And so it's just kind of anticipating that. But it's a judgment call because if I'm going to leave my current template player to go for who I think the next template player guy is, if I've got that wrong, then I'm going to lose out to, to the people who've stuck with the current one. So that's really the the art of it in, in this game, which probably is fairly similar to a lot of fantasy games. But in Norway, I think that one really is kind of accentuated and becomes quite a um, quite a strong template thing. So those moves are uh, quite key to get right. So brings me to the next point then, a form. See, especially in the FPL, some people will have to come up with the creation. He won't keep that up. He can't keep that form up. But is it, is it similar in Norway, or do you suggest if a player hits form, jump on him? Yeah, I mean, in FPL, I'm definitely one of the people who I'm not that into form. I, I, I tend to look at, is, is it a good player, and do they have good fixtures? And if those two things come together... It doesn't matter to me if they've had a few weeks where they've not scored, as long as they've been playing well and I know what they're about as a player. Um, but I think in Norway, what what happens that's different is you get players who are just better than the league that emerge. So the year before I played was Haaland's breakout season. And when you get a player like that coming through, it's not so much a question of will he keep this up. It's just like, here's a guy who just levels above everyone else. You've just got to get him and have him because he's going to smash up all of these teams. And then last season, we had a, a guy um, called JP Hauger who got his transfer to, to AC Milan midway through the season. And again, he's playing at a top Serie A level, but in a league that's probably equivalent to League One or maybe lower championship level he's really kind of playing above the level. So you've just got to get these players who are better than everyone else. Because if you don't, they will keep punishing you. And yeah, they'll, they'll make you pay if you ignore the quality that's there. I mean, those, those kind of players probably stand out to you then anyway. If they're playing at Serie A level in the Norwegian league, then probably stand out like a sore thumb. But did you get to watch a lot of uh, elite Serien then? Or... Um, I, I try. So Eurosport was showing some games at the start of last season. I'm not sure if the viewers weren't high enough for them, but as the season went on, it was fewer and fewer games. Um, but they do put on the um, Elitzerian's own website. They put like a three-minute highlight package from each game. So it's not like watching whole games, but it, it's a little bit to watch. So I remember um, watching some of those with a, another tab open with the squad number list uh, yeah. for the teams. It's like because the commentary is all in Norwegian, which I I don't speak, and they don't didn't even have names on the shirts like necessarily it's just numbers. So working out, oh that player looks good. Like, who is it? <laughs> that kind of thing. But th there are those highlight packages available, so I try and watch what I can. Um, yeah, similar to what I do with the Scottish game as well. There's no commentary on the Scottish games either on the YouTube channel, so I'm sitting there with my app open. That's what you hate going onto the YouTube. Thing. <laughs> but do you have a do you have like a source for um for stats on the Norwegian uh, league as well that do you fall back on? 
Yeah, there there are some. I I find Sofa scores really good for it. Mm. Um, you don't get the like XG or anything as advanced as that. Um, but what they do that I like, they they give you the um the heat maps and the average position. Um, so I was looking at it in, in my first season and um. I, I clicked on Mulder in one game and I noticed that on the average position, their most advanced player had been their left back. Like he was playing more advanced than their strikers. And before I saw that, like from the little highlights packages, I'd got no idea that this left back was playing so advanced. And so that led me to buy him in my team and he did pretty well for me. Um, so that's probably the best one in terms of what it gives. So you get all this stuff like... Um, Shot, shots on target and stuff from, yeah, yeah. from it as well. Um, but it is a game compared to like the big leagues that there's a little bit less eye test and a little bit less stats. And it, it's more a case of what are kind of the, the obvious things here. It's harder to overthink it. And it's a lot, it's a lot more kind of seen who, who are the players who are just obviously doing well and how do I maneuver my team around those players. Yeah, I like an attacking left back. We all know on the podcast here. Anything else going on? Finish the question. Tom, anything add to that? Um, so, if we're, if we're putting together a draft, is there any players that you'd suggest you need to have in your draft? Um, I wouldn't say there are any individual players that you need to have, but what I would say is you you probably want one expensive photoglint player. Um, so that might be Botheim, who's their striker, or it might be Saltness in midfield. Um, you probably also want one expensive Valerenga player, um, Kjartansson, Leuni, or Donham. You probably want one expensive Mulder player, and Ikram. Or they've signed a new striker who's young, but who's meant to be brilliant, um, called Fofana. And if he gets the, the nailed position... I think he's really underpriced, but it's just a case of monitoring it. Will he, will he get the nod straight away? Cause he's young. Um, and then defenders, you, th- there's a guy at Valerenga called Borchgravink, who's a really good player. He's good for assists. He's on some set pieces. He, he also really um, impresses the commentators and, and he gets the bonus points quite a lot. And then at Buda Glint, there's a defender called Bjorken and he, the, the way they played last season, uh, the, the two wingers would kind of cut in quite a lot. Uh, but these two wingers are the guys who they sold and their replacements are different styles of play. They're wingers who hug the touchline more. And so all the talk is Bjorken, another attacking left back for you. He's going to kind of come inside more and fill the, those gaps into the box. So as well as being in one of the top teams defensively, he's looking likely to get a good amount of attacking returns as well. Um, so they'd be some of the names that uh, would be, well, they were the first names in my draft that I was putting together. And um, yeah, then the rest of the spaces just fill around what you can afford. Are you, Tom? Right, I think that's all our questions. Have you got anything else you want to tell Hesco we've not covered that you can think of that we've maybe missed out on? I think you've covered most of the main bases. Um, it's just a good, fun league. I, I, I think it's a league with a lot of good community around it. So I've noticed um, the, the same is true with, with the Scottish game. Um, it's just a 
group of people who love it, who chat about it. And, and that's the fun of it for me. It's more than just kind of picking my teams and seeing my score, but the community around it is, is what made me fall in love with, with this particular league and, and game. I, two years ago, I started it and I thought I'd probably be leaving my team dead after about game week four. Like I didn't know whether I'd get to grips with it, but the other people who were playing it really kind of made it for me. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'd recommend giving it a go and, and seeing how you get on. Excellent. If it's okay with you, we will have you back up maybe halfway through the season. You can uh, give us, I don't know, school marks and how we're going on our team, how we're going on. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be great, yeah, I'd love to. Because we'll start with a wee league, just, just the three years in the league. Well, ask, we invite you to be on one that league, no problem. And then uh, we'll see how we go on. Sounds good. Sounds great. But have you well, got a league going for your podcast then, Heskimo? I do have a league going, yes. Um, and I don't have the code to hand, just bear with. You can put, prepare, putting, you, putting you on the spot there. Yeah, just let me... You're going to steal thunder from outro, but better, I'm going to... Every time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, so my league code is C8QF95. Say that again, C8. C8QF95. Right, we'll post that out as well after the pod, so if anybody wants to play, can join the league. Perfect. So, we'll finish up, and we'll let you get your plugs in. Plug your podcast, your Twitter, anything else you want uh, people to uh, know. Yeah, so I, I do a pod called The Beginner's Elitarian Pod. Um, it, it's aimed at people who haven't played before, so I'm trying to give the, the basic things you need to know if it's your first season, uh, which sounds like that is the case for you guys and maybe some of the listeners. I'm on Twitter at Heskibo underscore ESN. That's an account that, that I just stick to posting Elixirian stuff mainly. Uh, I kind of separated it from my main Twitter at FBL Heskibo because I knew it's kind of a niche league and not all my followers want that content. So I just separated it off. So follow me on either of those accounts or both. And uh, yeah, thanks guys for, for giving me the opportunity to share that and, and for having me on your pod. No problem, thanks for coming on, and we hope we get a big uptake on your link and your podcast. And we'll be back on Thursday with our own regular podcast. There's no point in plugging our stuff now, we'll plug it then because we're here for the plugs. We'll do it on Thursday. So, again, Hesco, thanks for coming, guys. Thanks for listening. Hope this helped out, and I hope you play the Elite Searing game. Thanks for listening. Say goodbye, everybody. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Bye. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.